welcome to episode 32 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, where my co-host and I talk about movies, video games, and entertainment news that either happened during the week or that we happen to play or watch. My name is Barry, and my esteemed co-host... I am still Craig, and guess what, everybody? Six days. Six days, four hours, 57 minutes. You know, you could probably go back and... If you were to cross-reference that, you could figure out exactly when we record these. Yeah, uh, and we'll just leave, you know we usually say the date, but yep. the time we've never specified. You don't know you the time. To. Yeah, if 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 someone randomly tweets at us the time and date that we do this, that like people I don't know do this because some people know because like friends and family know that we do this. Right. If they tweet at me. I will get uh, who, who, whoever whoever like guesses it or guesses it right. They get like a twenty dollar card to whichever <laughs> thing they want. There I'm you willing go. To bet. I'm willing to bet. All right. But nevertheless, we got our we got the next gen timer. It's time to time to get into the news because for there's a lot of smaller news stories going on. I'm glad you found them because I didn't really find a whole lot of news. Oh, just wait. We're going we're gonna go into it. I got <laughs> I got tons for us. All right. So the first one is kind of just a general announcement. We hit November, guys, and there's so many games coming out. Yeah. I looked back at it uh, about two days ago uh, on the weekend and looked at all of the games. And even IGN, like on YouTube, has a video of all the stuff that's coming out this November. And it is kind of nuts. Right. Because it's been so slow. A lot of it has been very, very slow. And now we've just hit the bam. Here are all the games. Here's everything. And it's because it's a next-gen next gen console season that that's happening. So. Right. And it's not looking so bad now that Cyberpunk got delayed because same thing. I looked yesterday and I was like, man, I definitely have a lot to play until Cyberpunk comes out. So I should be fine. Yeah. And all these games aren't like two-hour games. You know, we're going to no. have Assassin's Creed. We're just going to take 20-plus hours. There's mm-hmm. so many other games. They're going to take more than 20 hours to complete. So we made it. It's November time to get excited yep. if you if you aren't already Super so the, so the first thing i'll have and i'll go through a couple of mine and then i'll let craig talk is spider-man miles morales of the game is going to be getting a spider-verse costume which i think is newsworthy because that movie was so popular and and probably a lot of the reasons why we're getting a miles morales game yeah is because that movie did as well as it did and what's weird is if you watch the video like it the reason it looks stuttery is because they made that costume act in the same frame rate that the movie was shot in. So it, it kind of, it, I'll admit like these costumes kind of look very weird to me and I don't like playing them, but I think it's a really cool addition regardless. Yeah, I'll definitely use it at least for a little bit because I like that movie a lot and I like the whole like it almost looked like stop animation at some points in the movie. So it'd be cool to see that in the game. I don't know that I'll stick with it for an extended period of time, but a cool addition for sure. Next up is AMD graphics cards are, will apparently outperform NVIDIA for less over this weekend. NVIDIA put up a whole bunch of stuff about their graphics cards, about how their top of the line graphics card is actually going to perform NVIDIA's outperform NVIDIA's top of the line graphics card for about $400 less. Not going to get into models or anything like that, but if you're a computer gamer and a lot of people are, and you're looking for the best deal. Uh, AMD, once all the reviews and stuff come out, if it ends up outperforming, then you know a- AMD has been known for putting up good stuff at like reasonable prices, unlike some other uh, com- computer uh, computer like pieces that you buy. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that that's newsworthy as well with AMD coming out and kind of just being okay. We're gonna shove everything out, and it's gonna be cheaper than everybody else's. Yeah. It's definitely having more options out there is never a bad thing. Um, last time I built a computer, which I'm due for a new one, because I think mine's about five years old now, I went with AMD stuff just because it was cheaper at the time. So now that it seems like it's outperforming or at least matching and you can get it for considerably less, that I mean, that's a win in my book. And hopefully it forces the other companies to lower their prices a little bit. Yeah, and if if... If AMD can create a graphics card that's like four hundred dollars below, like, and and can compete around the same standard, then that just means places like Nvidia tend to just overcharge because of the name Nvidia. Yep. That kind of thing. Yep. 
So we have that. Uh, here, I'll let you go through one of your news stories, and maybe you'll cross one of mine out. <laughs> All right. So the one that kind of it caught me off guard here is Call of Duty Cold War. Um, now, this was for PC. They haven't mentioned anything as far as console-wise, but they released the storage size for Cold War, and it is a whopping 250 gigabytes. So... Um, if we're going off of that, it's probably going to be pretty close to the same on console. And they did say that if you just want the multiplayer, it is only 50 gigabytes. So that is a good thing. But if you're factoring in a 250 gigabyte install day one for your next gen console, and then if you also play Warzone, that's probably... See, I have to. I would have to double check because I have Modern Warfare, like the whole thing, single player, multiplayer, and Warzone installed. I think that's about 100 and... 130 140 somewhere around there um but if you're installing both of those on your next gen man you're looking at almost close to 400 gigabytes just for call of duty alone uh which is absolutely insane and again a sign of probably things to come with games coming out in the future uh so i my plan i guess is to play through the single player first and then uninstall it maybe i I don't know this is crazy i knew it was going to be big but i didn't think it would be this big yeah, that's a lot of gigabytes with, without, without a doubt. And it just goes to show that, like, you know, my reason for paranoia isn't unwarranted when it right. comes to storage size. It definitely it, had me eyeing up the uh, terabyte expansion for my Xbox already, which I didn't want to have to do. Yeah, but, you know, we wait and see. Because, like, I guess the main thing would be is both of these consoles are going to support hard drives still. Mm-hmm. But in order to play the game, you're going to have to download that game back onto the console. Right. And then move something else, especially if your console's already full. So there's going to be a lot of switching back and forth, I guess, if you don't have an, you know, an M.2 or an SSD installed to it. And if you just have, you know, your old hard drive from your old console. Right. And the good news is, is that the one terabyte Seagate version for the Xbox is out there as well, which is, I think, a little bit cheaper than the official Microsoft one. So you may not have to spend $200 to get another terabyte but it's definitely looking like Call of Duty and probably Cyberpunk in December is going to be almost all of your hard drive I would imagine yeah at that point it's just crazy it's hard, hard to imagine but it's, it's true <laughs> having two games on your console and it being full yep <laughs> you're going to have to decide every game is going to have to need like constant like constant attention from you. It's like, oh, I want to play Forza. Well, you got to reinstall 100 gigabytes worth of stuff. So Right. And also, if you think about even if you do buy that expansion for another terabyte, it's only two terabytes and that's going to fill up quick as well. And then what do you do? Because you don't really have another option after that, right? Well, then at that point, you're looking at somebody trying to sell. Oh, here's the same thing, but three terabytes, right? Or or four or something like that, which I'm sure Microsoft will be working on in the future. But I just yeah, can't but imagine a four terabyte is going to be like four hundred dollars or more. That's yeah, insane. it's yeah. The, the price of that thing is going to be nuts, and I just, I don't want to have to deal with that. That's for no, sure. No, absolutely not. I'm going to be doing a lot of maneuvering around of games. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, next up from my end is another game director now leaves Halo Infinite team. It is Chris Lee. And his role is now just stepped back, which just means there's more kind of chaos coming to the Halo Infinite game. <laughs> yep. With, we, uh, I guess we haven't talked about Halo Infinite for a while other than every time a director leaves, but this game just seems to be in, um, what's it called? I guess it's in development, development hell. That's it, exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's in, it's in that, and who knows we're going to get Halo Infinite now. This game could probably come out, you know, two two years into this the uh the series x or series s life lifetime yeah it's uh it's kind of funny how this game was supposed to be the biggest thing in the world and now everybody's like we don't know when it's coming out it's on the box for the xbox like it's the big picture on the back of the box (laughs) it was supposed to be the selling point and i think they're like kind of stuck with it has to be good when it comes out so they can't rush it but at the same time they know that it's like one of the few games that people might buy an Xbox for. So they're in just a weird position where everybody wants it to come out, but everything we're seeing from news wise, like these guys leaving, just, it doesn't look good. It really doesn't. I guess we we wait and see. 
Yeah, I I, I really want like Halo to succeed, mm-hmm. but I also think that this if you're trying to create a game that's going to be this perfect 10 out of 10 free from scrutiny type of thing, that kind of thing doesn't exist. Yeah. So it's at some point you're going to have to release the game, no matter how it looks or what the bugs are. Hopefully it's not as bad as like fallout 76. That (laughs) tends to be the, the main thing that comes. And I just love bashing on that game, Mm -hmm. but you you can't, there is no such thing as a game that's universally loved. There's always something that everybody hates. Take for example, the last of us two, you know, that, that that game a lot of people really love, but there are also people that absolutely hate what they did right. with uh, with that w- with that franchise. And there are other, of course, better. There's probably even better examples to use, but that's the most recent one. And I think three four three just needs to learn that uh, it's time to. No matter how that game is, no matter how much time you put into that game, it's it, you know someone's going to hate it, or someone's going to nitpick this and that. And yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they can let it go past next year at this point. Like even, even if it comes out next holiday, that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. Cause then you might have, you probably wouldn't have like a slim version already, but at least you would have something to push consoles next holiday for you. Yeah. You would also have more people probably to be able to get their hands on the console. Right. So the game in turn would sell better because more people have the console. Right. And I did want to throw out there real quick that I did see that as far as Black Friday goes, I know we're not going to see any consoles in stores, but I did see that um, Best Buy will have some online. They did guarantee that you will be able to order some online. How you know who knows how many that actually is, but at least that's something because I know a lot of people still didn't get to pre-order a console, and you know they're kind of left up in the air as far as when you may be able to get one. So at least there's a little bit of hope. I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I guess what they're trying to do, and especially with, and if you guys haven't heard, COVID is now becoming a thing again. Well, not that it never wasn't, but you guys Mm -hmm. know what I mean. Yeah. The COVID cases are going up. And if, if you don't announce publicly that you're not going to have consoles, uh, the physical console in your store, there are going to be lines out the door for people trying to get them. Yep. So I think, Uh, I think a lot of these businesses are going to look at it and go, okay, in order to avoid this disastrous mess that we could unfold, you know, they're going to have to try to order it online. And I know it was a mess because, you know, me and you both went through trying to pre-order both of these (laughs) things and, you know, some succeed, some didn't, but that's, that's just the way things are. And hopefully, hopefully retailers like Best Buy and Walmart, like upgrade their servers or something in order to be able to handle all of those people trying to get it because I got I got my Xbox from Best Buy and the the process was just it's just not fun. No, it's just you at your computer spamming the refresh button, <laughs> yeah. hoping that it, it eventually allows you to do it. And there's not and there's not a lot else more that they need to do. They just need to be able to make the process smooth and be able for you to get the console without causing so many headaches. But we, we both know it's still going to be a headache this holiday season. Yeah, and what you don't want to happen is what happened originally with the pre-orders where the site kind of crashed because especially on a day that important like Black Friday, everybody else just trying to order normal things on yeah. Black Friday, yeah. they're not going to be able to either because the site's just going to go down. So hopefully that doesn't happen um, for all the retailers, not just Best Buy, but like if they're putting Xboxes or Playstations up, that it doesn't crash their site on Black Friday because that would just be a disaster as far as, you know, them making money at that point. I absolutely agree with you, yeah. Yep. Uh, Just a real quick one, too. I did see there was a couple of things with uh, Starfield, which is Bethesda's next RPG, saying that they will be using a new engine, which kind of seems like a no-brainer at this point. Um, But what I could think from that is, thank goodness, because you know that I'm not a huge fan of Skyrim, and the main reason for me was just how buggy it was. So yeah. maybe a new engine will make this a little bit better because the concept of Starfield seems cool to me. Uh, and they did also mention in passing that whenever the new Elder Scrolls does come out, it will be day one on Game Pass, which also makes sense since they're owned by Microsoft. But now that we have like an official, hey, you can play this day one on Game Pass, is kind of cool. Yeah, I guess the one thing to consider is the Bethesda has to do well with this game. Because of how of uh, because of how bad some of the recent releases they have and how buggy they've been, I feel like I feel like that's the reason Bethesda accepted this offer from Microsoft because, you know they they need to restore 
you know, the kind of great games that they had. And I know that they released Doom and Doom was pretty much received pretty well. Mm-hmm. I know I know you were on the more of the fence with that game. The first Doom but, I loved, but the second one not so much. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but Bethesda has to think about that kind of stuff and Yeah. You know, hopefully it fit hopefully it fixes a lot of their problems. Yeah, uh, I hope so. I want to see them so do well. Like there. Elder Scrolls is is a beloved franchise. Um, so I don't think they can really mess that up, but you know, a brand new IP like Starfield where you don't really know anything about it. You don't have an Elder Scrolls or a fallout namesake to fall back on. You know, you gotta, they have to hit it out of the park. And I, I think they will as far as story wise goes, but you know, it just comes down to, is it a playable game or is it a mess? Like every other Bethesda game when it first comes out besides doom. Exactly. (laughs) For me, the next one up is going to be EA is getting fines from European countries. Uh, the article specifically talked about the Netherlands, but as we all know, EA has had a huge, well, not really an issue, but you know they they promote the heck out of their loot box thing, yep. the ultimate team cards especially. And in Netherlands, the they're trying to sue EA because they're they're saying that these ultimate team things are a form of gambling. EA is fighting it and that kind of thing. And it goes back and forth. And I know that I've probably said stuff about this before now that I think about it, but you know, this, a part of me just wants the Netherlands to win in this because (laughs) if they, you know, I've, I've played FIFA and I think it's getting better at giving people more good cards more often in order to drive down the value. But that still doesn't change the fact that people make money off of this type of stuff. You know, people can sell, people can spend a whole bunch of money on that game and then sell their ultimate team account to someone else mm-hmm. so that they can, uh, so that they can play with the best players. And it's, it's people like that who are making money and, you know, have the money to gamble. This is what is what makes it such an issue for European countries. So good on them. Cause they seem to be the only ones who are kind of taking a step and I feel like taking a step forward and trying to fight EA on some of the really bad loot box and casino type gambling that the ultimate team features uh, offer. Yeah. I I would love to see them win as well, because I think that needs to happen for EA and everybody in general to kind of ease off a little bit on the loot box thing. I'm not opposed to loot boxes because it got rid of the DLC problem that we had for a while, which was way overpriced dlc for stupid things but it does need to be to to be reeled in a little bit and personally for me i would love to see 2k take a hit because of how horrible their basketball games are for using this yeah that's exactly right i was just thinking like 2k is from from everything i've seen is a literal casino yeah uh, in order to get get players so yep Yep. Uh, I, that's all the uh, news I had, so it's all on you now. Okay, that's perfect. I can go ahead and start going through some of the stuff a little bit faster. Okay. P- uh, so the P- PS5 is out in the wild, as I mentioned last week. Uh, there's a lot of embargo on what people are allowed to talk about it, but right now a lot of people are talking about how this PS5 controller is the next big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's haptic feedbacks actually connect you, to, connect you to the game a little bit more. I have the controller because... If you didn't already know, the accessories for the console are already out. The, right. The the actual consoles are not. The controller is nice and and everything like that. But until we get to feel this, until I get to play with this quote unquote haptic feedback type thing, I really don't know how crazy this PS5 control. I don't think the PS5 controller is going to be as crazy in my hand as many people think. But who knows? I'm in for a surprise there. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm interested to see because uh, I don't know if I talked about it on here on yet on the podcast, like 2K is using the haptic feedback for um, if you're like posting up in the in the paint, you know, your rating will determine how hard it is to push in like the the L2 button to back down somebody or they had mentioned like the sprint button, which is R2, uh, the more tired you get, like the harder it is to pull in like that kind of thing seems really cool to me. But I'm more concerned that this could be something that down the line a year or so from now that nobody's really utilizing anymore. Um, Because if you think about it, if it's not a first party Sony game, you have to go out of your way as a developer to specifically program that for the PlayStation and not for PC or Xbox. So I just don't know 
other than the first party, how long it's going to stick around where they want to, you know, take the time to make it that use that system. But I think it's a very cool idea. Yeah. And on top of that, too, and, you know, it's it's a good thing to mention kind of the, the lifeline of the controller. But the, these types of things are also the reason that contr- that this stuff breaks. Yeah. And <laughs> especially at the beginning of a console's lifetime. And even now, it's kind of hard to get these accessories mm-hmm. even And of course, during Black Friday, I think they'll be readily made more available. But a year down the line, if this if my controller is already broken because the haptic feedback, because, you know, I press too hard on a button or something like that and I break it or something, it just seems like then the the technology is going to be more hassle than what it's going to offer back to me in my experience. Yeah, we wait and see how durable these controllers are. The Xbox one, I don't, you know, they didn't really change anything other than adding a share button and changing the D-pad. So I think we already know what we're getting with that. And I had an issue with those controllers not lasting very long for me until I got the Elite controller. So I think it's going to be more the same from Microsoft's end. But Sony went with a completely new controller. So hopefully they are pretty durable because I like the look of them. Yeah, same here. Next up is going to be the DCMA Twitch stream mayhem. So if you guys haven't heard, uh, Twitch has pretty much gone to all of its creators and going, you know, if you don't have the license to some of the content, especially like, for example, music, like people tend to play music behind like a just chatting type thing on Twitch, that it's going to be automatically taken off and the channel flagged. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of kind of drama going on with this because for one, you know, the, you know, the, this is streaming is now more popular than ever even right. due to you know due to covid due to everybody having to social distance and you know not be close to friends streaming is one of the way that you get to keep in touch with them if it, in a lot of ways you can do that so the the dcma thing has a lot of popular trip streamers kind of going well you know how do i know what's what's going to be taken down at that point and twitch kind of responded already with we kind of don't you know, you, you're going to get a claim and then it's going to take that video away. And then at that point, it's just like, OK, well, the video has gone and I don't even know why it was gone or what I could do to not make it get flagged or pulled from their site. So I, you know, th- there's something to be said about like the Twitch D- DMCA mayhem because it's a it's a big part of gaming yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, I've witnessed it firsthand quite a bit anytime I stream like Rock Band, right? Like the day after, if you go back to the Twitch stream, like 95% of that stream is muted or they just take the whole thing down. So it's definitely something that needs to be fixed. And I understand like for the rock band thing, for instance, is a little bit harder because that is actual music. But there's got to be a way to factor in like, you know, it's a game that you can play, which is the whole point of Twitch. And it's a game that I own. So in that instance, like I'm buying these songs i'm paying what three dollars or two dollars a piece for these songs i should be able to stream them um just like i can play them if i were to buy it like an album i don't know i just feel like it needs to be fixed no and you're absolutely right because this even brings up into a bigger situation where there is there is like science and studies have been done to show that you know people who do let's plays on twitch they don't affect the game sales. If anything, sometimes the game sells better. Right. And in a lot of ways, and especially if you're a game like Rock Band, you're playing music that people go, oh, this song, you know, you know, rocks or, mm-hmm. you know, they really like that song. So then they put it on their Spotify playlist and then they're getting money from Spotify at that point. And that's all because a streamer decided to play their song right. on on air. And there there are numbers and there are studies that show that the way how how streaming works doesn't exactly hamper any of what they're trying to do so and, and which is in america and especially here is to make money that's all anybody cares about so if <laughs> yep. if that's the case then i don't understand why you know you know especially music labels and stuff like that they they look at streaming and they go oh they're listening to our music for free you know, and we're not making money off of it. So we need to take it down. And at that point, it's just like, come on, like, you know, it's 
that's especially if I were to, you know, if we were to play something there and then they download the song on Spotify, Mm -hmm. then I should get that money at that point because I'm the reason that the person discovered the song and started (laughs) listening to it. You know, there's all these loopholes and everything like that. But, you know, if, if, if you're not making money off of your own property, then people don't want you using it anyway. So it's a, it's a huge thing, but that's, uh, I guess that was a sensitive subject for me. I kind (laughs) of, kind of went off on a rant there. It's all good. <laughs> so we don't we don't have much more. One thing I will say is Far Cry Six and Rainbow Six Quarantine are delayed until twenty twenty one. Ubisoft came out and said the COVID has kind of hampered their production a lot more than they originally expected. Mm-hmm. So don't expect Far Cry Six or Rainbow Six Quarantine until late twenty twenty one. I know I Far Cry. I don't think that's a huge hit for anybody. Maybe Rainbow Six, but I don't think Far Cry is anybody's going to be crying about not being able to play it in February. You know, there is a hardcore group of, of <laughs> yeah. Far Cry players. And I know that people, and I know that a lot of people are especially excited for this game just due to the, you know, the powerhouse actor they were able to get in Juan, mm-hmm. uh, Juan Carlo Esposito. So, you know, people are excited about that and good for them. Yeah, true. And finally, Netflix is to raise their uh, prices on their streaming service of their premium plan t- from 14 I think it's 14 to 18 bucks mm-hmm. a month. And with COVID being as popular as it is, and probably Netflix trying to get movie deals. So that way they get to be streamed rather than go to the movie theater. You know, net Netflix is Netflix is making so much money just in general off of all this stuff that I'm really surprised that they need that they want or are willing to raise up their prices because for the most part I've ha- from, from the reaction to the internet, a lot of people at this point are just like, if you're going to raise the prices more, I'm just going to go to Hulu mm-hmm. or something like that. Because Hulu, even the non, uh, like the non ad version is 12 bucks and that's a decent amount less than 18 and their ad version is like six bucks. Right. So, you know, Netflix is trying to continuing to push and at some point with Netflix, like, especially if you have to get up to 20 bucks a month for netflix like that's going to be the i think the tipping point for a lot of people and i think netflix is just continuing to push that ceiling a little bit more yeah and they've been putting a ton of money into their shows and movies that they've been putting out and for the most part they've been pretty good but you know there's there's a lot of competition out there you have you know the mandalorian over on disney plus and you have all the marvel shows that people want to see over there um and hbo has been putting out some pretty solid stuff too so yeah, I think they are getting very close to this is too much for me to pay for this. Um, I always enjoy like stuff on Netflix. I feel like I'm kind of in a lull right now because I haven't really seen anything lately come out that I've been interested in. Um, I've been spending more time on you know HBO or Disney Plus or even Hulu. So I don't know what my limit is, but I feel like I'm getting there for sure. And then that's going to be it from what I have for news. There's some smaller stuff, but I'm not going to worry about that. A lot of it's just rumors. Okay. So we're going to go into the games that we played this week. And for me, I played one thing and then I kind of attended an event for another. Okay. So uh, what did you end up doing this I week? I played one game. Just one. So Perfect. Go ahead. <laughs> so the first thing I'll mention is the demo for Legend of Zelda Age of Calamity came out. And it's a pretty lengthy demo. I'm kind of surprised that it's as long as it is because it's got multiple missions and it kind of goes through everything. Now, this isn't Breath of the Wild 2. Let me make that very clear. This is not a right uh, a Breath of the Wild or regular Legend of Zelda game. This is a game where you're controlling a character, defeating hundreds and hundreds of enemies on a battlefield. It's the same thing as Fire Emblem Warriors. It's the same thing as Hyrule Warriors. And those are the two primary Nintendo things that kind of go off of that particular or Nintendo that uses their IP in order to do this kind of stuff. And it, it's a lot of the same, you know, and I have a hard time kind of justifying this unless you're a super Legend of Zelda fanboy because Hyrule Warriors is the same exact thing. Uh, the only thing you're not getting with this is all of the Breath of the Wild characters that you're going to be able to play as in the, and you get to play kind of during the 100 year war that was set before Breath of the Wild and 
I'm not sure if it's any of that is confusing. I imagine it is. <laughs> but in Breath of the Wild, and this game's been out forever, so I'm not. Gonna, I don't really care about spoilers. Mm-hmm. You are Link that woke up a hundred years after the Great Calamity, which is this war. This game takes place during that war, so you finally get to, I guess, experience what happened during the war. There's a new character that kind of came into play with all this, which is kind of strange. So I'm interested to see how this new character affects not only this game, uh, but how it affects the Breath of the Lot, you know, Breath of the Wild 2, or how it affects the original mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild in any way. Interesting. Yeah, I I have I didn't play the previous one. I'm not a big like Dynasty Warriors style game. Like I'm not a fan of those games. I've played Dynasty Warriors quite a bit when I was younger on like the ps2 and that kind of stuff but never really got into them that much and i think it's pretty well known that i'm not like a gigantic legend of zelda fan so it's not really up my alley but it's interesting to me that it seems to be having getting a better reception than i thought it would um i don't know i just felt like this was going to be a game that was not written off but like not received as well as the breath of the wild but just kind of like from what I've heard on podcasts this past week and what I've read, it seems like a lot of people really enjoy it so far. At least the demo. And I, yeah, and well, I think a lot of people are those kind of Zelda fanboys that, you know, really want to be able to play, you know, the, the Great Calamity War before Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's got something to do with it. And I also think it's got something with how really Nintendo doesn't have anything coming out this holiday season in a lot of ways. You had dlc for pokemon but not a new pokemon game you didn't have breath of the wild 2 you have this game there's really no new kirby or no new smash game coming out so what you really have is this game and pokemon snap i think is supposed to come out in december of this year so this is really the two main party nintendo games that they're going to be out this year and I guess it makes sense considering that the the next gen consoles are coming out and they really won't be able to compete with that until they come out with their own system. Yeah. Or an upgraded one. It's crazy that you say that because I haven't really thought about it, but yeah, they don't really have a whole lot going on this holiday for them, which is interesting. I guess they're kind of just relying on the tried and true, you know, Mario Kart and all their Mario games and Breath of the Wild to kind of carry them through, which it probably will. Um, but yeah, nothing huge this holiday. Crazy. Yeah, the the Pokemon game is, I guess, what primarily sticks out because as as last week episode, you know, they released Crown Tundra, right? Which it's not a full 25, 30 hour adventure like how we would end up usually getting, you know, some sort of second version of Sun and Shield or some combined version of them, which is what Pokemon tends to do. It's a new game and then. Uh, kind of a cross between the two or it's a remake so at this point you know we have I'm, I'm hoping pokemon comes out with big things next year because we really didn't get a full-fledged new pokemon game this year yeah uh so i only played one thing this this week and it's because i've been putting quite a few hours into it but i started watchdogs legion um i think i'm probably a solid maybe 10 or 12 hours in so far at this point uh, it came out on such a weird day. It came out on a Thursday, which is yeah. random. <laughs> yeah, but I'm excited to hear you talk about this yeah. game because I, I know a lot of like people who are saying, yeah, this game's kind of fun or this game's great. Mm-hmm. But then you have other, you know, other um, other reviewers like um, Moist Critical mm-hmm. going that this game is the most boring thing to ever <laughs> exist. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to hear, you know, as as a friend, but also as somebody who you know, I was originally interested in this game a little bit, especially for next gen console. Right. To to see, you know, what I can get out of it, the next gen version from an Xbox. Yeah, so, I would say that, like, I am taking my time with this game because I don't want to fully beat it until next gen comes out because I want to be able to see what it looks like and not just be like running around and be like, well, I already beat it, but at least I want to see what it looks like. I, w- I want to still be playing the game, you know, when Tuesday comes and I have my Xbox. But, uh, this one falls in a weird spot. Like 
The first one was an interesting game. I mean, that was a launch title for the last gen consoles, and it was a big disappointment when it came out for a lot of people because it didn't look anything like how they advertised it. Um, it ended up being basically a GTA clone where you could hack things, and that was about it. And then the second one was generally received better, um, but it was more of a had more humor to it. It wasn't as serious. Um, I think the characters in it were pretty cool. And then you have this one, which is kind of in the middle. Um, the big emphasis here is that you can recruit literally anyone on the street into, you know, DeadSec, which is, you know, the, the crew from all three games here. And it's a cool idea, but you're also sacrificing at that point having a main character, which is an interesting thing that I haven't really seen in a game before. Now you have like your the main main character is not somebody that you play as. It's just the person in charge of DeadSec and she's basically like you pick a random person when you begin the game um, and that's who she's recruiting. And then you just kind of go out and do missions and you're free to recruit. You know, you could recruit 50 people right away or you could just stick with one and play the missions. You can really do whatever you want. Um, but the one thing I would stress with this game that makes it entertaining, at least for me, is they give you the option to put permadeath on at the beginning of the game. And like, I can't stress enough how how much better it is to have that on instead of off. Um, it just gives like a sense of urgency that like if you die in a mission, that character is gone. Um, you don't get them back. So if you were to potentially have every one of the people you recruited die, your game is over and you have to start over. So it kind of puts like this mentality that like you need to keep recruiting people as well as doing these missions, which I think is a lot of fun. So Every time you walk by a person, you can just like in the previous games, you can kind of scan them and it'll give you a little bit of information about them, like what their day job is. Um, it used to give you like, I think it used to give you how much money they made, but they don't do that anymore. What they'll give you now is like a list of things that if you recruit them, you will get. So like I recruited a construction worker so I can bring in a cargo drone. Um, I have a lawyer so that if I get arrested, I can get out of jail quicker. Uh, what else is there? Um, you can, I recruited a spy because he has his own spy car with missiles, which I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> um, he's kind of like a James Bond type. That is, that is pretty cool. <laughs> there's just so many options. I think they said there's over 9 million NPCs in the game and they're all recruitable. So it's crazy if you think about that, like the amount of time that went into this. And I know they said that like their personality and what they bring if you recruit them is randomly generated. Um, I did see a picture where somebody came across someone who was a pediatrician and then underneath them, it gives you like a little blurb and it said that she got fired for having a relationship with one of her patients. <laughs> so like in that case, like the randomly generated thing didn't really work out too well. Um, but I've been having a ton of fun with it. Like my problem with the second one was they threw so many like different side quests at you that I just got overwhelmed, kind of like a Witcher type style. Um, and some of the Assassin's Creed games, too. So it's nice that they kind of toned it down a little bit. Like, I'll do a couple main missions, then I'll go around and recruit some people. And when you recruit somebody, you talk to them, and then it'll give you a mission to do, sometimes two missions, in order to actually recruit them. So I'll do some of those. Um, there's, like, bare-knuckle fighting side missions. The one side mission that is, like, drawing me in, I've spent so much time on, is literally just kicking a soccer ball and like trying to keep it in the air for an extended period of time. I spent so much time on that. It's ridiculous. It's so stupid, but I've been having so much fun with it. Um, but overall, like the game controls well, it looks really nice on, on uh, current gen. So I'm excited to see what it looks like on next gen. And like the city is very much alive. And I think that has to do with the fact that like they want everybody on the street to have some sort of personality. So it's cool that like, everybody on the street is doing something like they're not just standing there when you walk by, like they're talking to each other. They're off doing whatever it is they're doing. Um, but yeah, I've been having so much fun with this game more so than I thought I would. Cause I was kind of on the fence about it. So for me, it's like a definite, definite buy. It seems like the story is a little bit more serious than watchdogs too. Um, but man, there's so much to do in this game. So if you're looking for something like next gen, to play until cyberpunk i think this might be it 
you know, you have this and Assassin's Creed, which comes out on Tuesday. But like between these two games, like you'll you'll be set until uh, Cyberpunk comes out for sure. All right, cool. Uh, I'm kind of I was kind of surprised to hear it. You've been uh, you've been enjoying it as much as you have because I was afraid that this game was going to be super boring <laughs> in a lot of ways. So you, you might you might have made me cross over to the point where I might I might end up Uh-oh. trying this game now. Yeah, I can. I guess I could see where people might get bored. I just I don't stick with one thing for too long. Like if I'm doing a main mission, I might do one or two and be like, I don't really feel like doing a main mission. I'm going to go recruit some people. And then when that gets old, all right, I'm going to go do this side mission. Like there's just enough there that it's not overwhelming, but like enough to switch back and forth. So I've been taking a very leisurely approach to it, and that's probably helping. Instead of like trying to just burn through the main story and be done with it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm hmm. For me, the the kind of the other strange thing I did was I participated in the Fortnite J Balvin concert on Halloween. Ooh, Fortnite. When's the last time you played Fortnite? Uh, I couldn't <laughs> tell you. I don't remember. Okay. But I went ahead. I downloaded it on my computer, and I just went. I, I didn't even play a match. I literally went in just to do this concert thing because I thought what they had done with Marshmallow and what they had done with Travis Scott, I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Now, in a way, or in a lot of ways, I feel like the concert itself was fun and it was good, but I don't really see the difference that I had to go onto Fortnite to do this. So when you look it up online, and I'll explain to you what kind of happens, is you go into this creative mode and you go to a certain spot, and it was it was pretty much as if it was a concert like that was filmed on a TV, and then it's just displayed through Fortnite. Okay. So you're a character in the game. It's not like in the Travis Scott one where he's kind of a holographic roaming throughout the world kind of thing. It's this, it was literally a concert that was put on a screen and it's just only available through Fortnite. When you look it up, I think it makes a lot more sense as to what I'm saying. The The concert itself was good and everything. Uh, I like, I like Latino music. I like J Balvin. You know, a lot of his music is catchy and everything like that. Yep. I just thought that, this Fortnite event really didn't differentiate uh, itself from the previous events, where I guess there was more interacti- you know, interactivity throughout the entire world. Interesting. So I haven't done any of these on Fortnite, but like the one thing I always was curious about is it just kind of everybody standing around watching the screen? Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. All right. And- and you know there there are slight things that are maybe going on like during the, and especially with this one there are slight things going on with like you know confetti popping out or sparklers or you know flames kind of coming out of the stage okay but that, that's kind of it i i really wanted to participate in this because i thought what they had done previously was cool but uh after participating in this one it i really i really didn't see a difference from me being there to if i were to watch it on youtube like there's there really isn't that much of a difference okay in any of it interesting yeah because i maybe i saw everybody was like you know all about the travis scott one that they did a while ago i was like i just i feel like you would just be kind of like all right hold on let me log into fortnite all right i'm just gonna stand here with my character and just watch this screen i guess (laughs) yeah I, i guess it's i guess it's more about listening to the music and kind of like a concert type thing but that's other. That's it. Otherwise, like maybe if you have a group of your friends and you all like the same music, you get to sit there and you know maybe you're, maybe you're drinking with your friends through you know Discord, having fun, and then you go to this you know concert type thing. It's yeah. I uh, I know these artists are kind of that aren't doing as well because they aren't able to go out and do concerts or stage and rent out stages and everything like that. But this one kind of lacked the creativity. Uh, that the other ones did. I I liked the music and everything. I thought the concert itself was good, but they kind of missed an opportunity to make it more a part of their world, I guess. Be interactive. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's all I played. Just one thing this week. I'm just right. I'm hyping up for next week, so I'm just kind of chilling this week. Yeah, and with that in mind, uh, what I will say is we Craig and I talked about it, and I did put up like a actual farewell letter to this console, to, to the current gen, you know, the, the PS4 and the Xbox and everything that it came through. And 
reading my letter would be way too long for, well, it would end up taking a lot more time than I would want it to during the podcast. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to kind of go over the major points. Uh, For me, Xbox and PlayStation 4, you know, the the PS4 was my main console for a lot of this. I didn't jump on the Xbox One X until that came out. And even then, I was a few months later when that uh, when the console was already out and everybody was buying it. So a lot of this generation, I had you know, specific memories with Killzone Shadowfall, which I mentioned on last week's podcast, mm-hmm. um, with Infamous Second Son, and then there are all like it's kind of a blur with all of the other <laughs> games that came out during that time. Yeah, because this is. This was this was really a console that kind of shaped a, uh, a lot of people in a way because, you know, for me, it came out when I was a young teenager, and now I'm more of an adult, young adult, however you want to put it, mm-hmm. and these games kind of affected me in that way. I've gone through a lot. I've gone through high school. I've gone through all of college with, uh, with these consoles and with the memories that these games played, and especially, you know, I reflect onto memories of late with uh, the ps4 when you know god of war came out spider-man came out persona 5 came out and i lost so many hours you know (laughs) um you know i I talked about persona 5 on here a lot but persona 5 brought me back into kind of a game into a game where i got home from work and all i did was play that game until it was (laughs) dinner time and then until i went to sleep yeah which is something i had done you know until you know on it's not something I had done, you know, now it's something I used to do when I was younger and you'd come home after school, you jump on halo three custom games with your friends and lose hours of your life into that. You know, I remember that from the previous, previous generation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I look upon Xbox, yes, Xbox didn't have a lot of the exclusivity games and the exclude and the exclusives they did have, you know, Halo wasn't received that well. Halo is Halo, and a lot of people will buy it regardless. But Xbox, this generation, was still the console that a lot of my friends played. You know, it's the primary console that you and I played. Right. It, it, you know, had I not had an Xbox, we probably wouldn't play as many games together. Right. We, you know, and compared to my high school friends that all have PlayStations, a lot of my college friends had Xboxes. So I was able to keep up with them and play with them. So while PlayStation has these awesome stories that you can go through and can emotionally affect you, you have you have Xbox where it was more of the social crowd thing, and especially even now more so than ever with COVID, games are now more vital to a lot of people's sanity than ever before. Where, you know, we we haven't been able to film this podcast in a room together since COVID hit, because yeah. you know we're both trying to practice safe distancing and trying to respect each other's space and, you know, respect families in that matter. So, you know, gaming has been a way that, you know, we're able to stay in touch, even though I can't, you know, I'm not at work and I can't, you know, hang out with you or do right. stuff you know, right. with other people. So that gaming is now going into a generation with, I think more steam and more fire than ever before, because, with COVID looming, with gaming being bigger than ever because of it, these next generation consoles are going to kind of pave the way and continue to gain steam because people want to play with their friends and be able to experience something story-wise other than the, you know, the mess that's going on outside our real world right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting as, as a couple, you know, when we get to the end of this next gen's, lifespan whether that be five years or or later than that it's going to be interesting to look back and like if we were still doing this if we were still doing a podcast when the next next gen comes out and to do the same thing and look back and be like yeah you remember when when this current gen came out and we were still in covid man that was crazy like you know what i mean like to look back on that would be interesting um but for me like looking at playstation that was a hundred percent like this current Gen uh, from Sony gave me so many story single player memories. Thinking about like the culmination of the Uncharted series, which was so cool. Like that yeah. Uncharted Four was fantastic. It pretty much you know wrapped up everything the way I wanted it to. Um, 
God of War that pretty much coming out of nowhere and like surprising me. Um, Spider-Man with how good it was to just be swinging through the, you know, the city. Um, and even some of the previous ones, like even though it didn't hit for me, like the order 1886 yeah. was an interesting time. Um, kill zone for you. It wasn't as impactful for me as I think it was for you, but just all those single player experiences, last of us two was crazy. Um, you know, when the PS4 first came out, I was playing through the first last of us, the remastered version. That was the first game I bought. Um, it's crazy. The amount of single player experiences. And then also when you go to Xbox, it is a lot of the same, like you said, for me, it was that social aspect. Um, and even thinking back to all the Call of Duty games I've played with all my friends, um, Titanfall 2 was big. I, like me and you played a lot of Titanfall 2. Yeah. Um, that was fun. Um, and then like just the rise of Battle Royales. Um, PUBG, when that first came out, was crazy. When that dropped on Xbox, because I did play it on PC, but when that finally came out on Xbox, I played so much into that. Um, and then you had all the Call of Duty ones and, you know, Apex is another huge one that we've played a ton of hours in. Um, but yeah, just the amount of time I spent in Xbox party chat this generation is insane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the amount of just like random people that I've met and, you know, still play with regularly just from trying to find people to play um, Warzone with these past this past year has been crazy. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm excited to see with these next gen, if it's more the same, if it's like, you know, when I do get my PS five, if it's, that's my, where all my single player games come from. And then if Microsoft is still the, the, the party version of it, bringing, you know, playing with everybody, or if it kind of goes the other way, it remains to be seen, but it's definitely been like looking back on it, a ton of good experiences, this current gen. I think this is like the 360 and the PS3 was such a good console generation. And also the PS2 was such a good console generation, but like this is up there with the amount of good games that came out. It's hard to rank them, but it's definitely close. Yeah. With, with all of the money going into these things and you know, the, 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 the Xbox 360 and PS3 phase was a bit different for me only because I was a part of the whole PSN outage and <laughs> yep. everything like that, which in a lot of ways, you know, maybe in that a way formed Sony to do these single player experiences because you don't need internet yeah, or you don't need, you know, it, it's not an online game that you need to play with other people for in, the, in this kind of experience. So maybe that's what led Sony to start doing this because they, they were doing it. They did it with the uncharted. They were doing it with last of us. Mm -hmm. Most of those games came out on PS3 so, and it just kind of continued the, it just kind of continued all of the steam it had onto the PlayStation 4. Yeah. And, you know, it, especially, you know, these two consoles bring up a lot of, uh, bring up a lot of memories about, you know, how hard games could get. You know, we have <laughs> games like Battletoads, we have games like, uh, you know, Dark Souls and Bloodborne, and Bloodborne was a stupendous hit that, you know, a lot of people are still waiting for Sony to make a second one for. Yep. And, you know, all of these different types of games came out and, you know, they're all for different types of people and they're viable, they're making money. So, you know, in a lot of ways, and I, I feel like especially now, you know, if I were a 50-year-old man gaming, a lot of people would say, oh, that's okay. Yeah. Where... You know, years ago, if you were 50 years old playing the PS2, people would be like, what's wrong with you? That <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. And, you know, the video gaming has now become just so much of a pastime um, that it's kind of accepted no matter how old you are now, which, you know, that is something that has definitely changed from, you know, even last year's console life to this year's. So, yeah excited to see where we go from here we're less than a week away and it's gonna be it's gonna be weird re not retiring but like moving my xbox and my ps4 whenever i get the ps5 like out of my normal gaming room i'm gonna have to have like a ceremony i guess <laughs> play sad <Put> music 
Yeah, hooded people with candles. <laughs> yep. As you as you put them in the graveyard box that's in your closet. And they have lived a good life. <laughs> yeah, they, these consoles definitely have lived a good life yep. for for a lot of us. Yep. So that's kind of the segment for you know farewell to gaming. I'd love to hear other people's responses. You can you know email us at high sensitivity podcast at gmail.com. You know if. You know, even if it's at that, you know, a 5,000 word essay on these console waves, I would probably read it because I'm, I'm really interested <laughs> to see how other people took this, whether you're older or whether or not you grew up with the PS4 since you were six or right. something like that. And now, you know, you're you're at the point where, you know, you're a young teenager now and it's time, you know, you're ready for the next console and how it's going to shape your life. But we're going to move on with that. That was that was really good. Yeah, I I I, enjoy, I enjoyed you know reading over my letter and going through points that you know I made. Uh, you had your next, tissues nearby as you shed a few tears. Yeah, I have <laughs> I have my switch here and I have my switch to collect my tears. You know, we didn't talk about that one. Just think how crazy it is that next week when we do this podcast, we will have the Xbox in front of us, and then two days later, we'll have you'll have the PlayStation. Crazy. Yeah. And one thing I will mention with that is, you know, next week is going to be a very busy week for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. where the new consoles are coming out. You know, I'm going to try to get my impressions on the con- on. We both want to get our impressions out on these consoles as fast as possible. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm in the midst of I might not we might not be able to record for a week because we're also hitting holiday season. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to see what happens with that, but just be aware that I'll be, I'll be active on Twitter just in case we aren't able to record for a week for whatever reason, in case yeah. I can't bring my recording, uh, my recording equipment with me. That's, that's something just that you guys should know about. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get into movies and TV shows. Sure. Which I do, I do have one. Okay. Hit me. Is it what I watched? Blood of Zeus on Netflix. No. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so, Blood of Zeus is a kind of cartoon anime style Netflix original, uh, and it's it's uh, I'm just trying to think just because I'm getting all flustered now thinking about it. I'm trying to switch from not thinking about consoles to 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 the show now. So Blood of Zeus is kind of retelling an old classic Greek mythology tale that's been lost to time. That's really how the the show opens up with all these black tiles telling you how Greek mythology stories were always told through word, but they were never written down for the longest time. And apparently this is one of those forgotten stories. I actually don't know if it is or not, because I'd never heard of this story, <laughs> but this anime, uh, not even should have called it an anime or a cartoon. I'm just going to call it a show. This show is about, uh, one of Zeus's, uh, Zeus's illegitimate sons, you know, uh, Zeus, um, you know, gay, uh, had a kid with a, a human woman instead of another god woman of Hera. So, you know, this the son's name is Heron. That's it, Heron. And it's kind of his story that you go through with, and I'm not going to spoil anything about it, but it, his story is a typical kind of Greek mythology tale where he suffers through a lot of, you know, a lot of problems you know his family's neglected um and that kind of thing and then kind of just climbs up to this big climactic fight uh between uh i'm not even gonna say who it's between because that could also be considered a spoiler <laughs> in a lot of ways but w- what i found into i this what i'll say is this show kind of starts off really slow and it's not as action paced as something like castlevania which i've said is a really really good show on netflix if you haven't watched castlevania you need to and with blood of zeus it's a lot slower it takes a lot of time to finally get to the big final uh the big final climactic fight that this show has and you know looking at it a lot of people like it it's rated a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes now this show did just come out last week so there still is time for other people to review it and that kind of thing but it's sitting at an eight, eight out of 10 on IMBD. And I think now more than ever, I think Netflix is trying to put more money into its, into kind of its cartoon anime show type things because it's getting a lot of people to watch it. 
and it was that way with the great pretender and it's this way with castlevania where the art style is good they're really good animation and the story itself is actually kind of good you know this this is the type of thing where as long as you don't mind that it's animated it's also good enough to be a live action series and then it doesn't come with the stigma of being a cartoon or an anime but it 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 is that good it is slow i will admit that there are times where i was just like can we finally get to something more more fun or more action-packed the the show does pick itself up and it's definitely worth it during the final couple episodes. Okay. Interesting. So I watched two things and one of them I thought was what you would watch, but that's okay. Um, movie wise, I did watch unhinged this week with Russell Crowe. All right. And first and foremost, it's crazy seeing Russell Crowe older and out of shape. It's weird to me because I still picture him in my mind as like gladiator, you know, like, 30 year old gladiator, like crazy killing people. Um, But now he's old and overweight and it just threw me off a little bit. But Unhinged is literally just a movie about a guy who is mentally unstable and he gets cut off in traffic by a lady. He asks the lady to apologize. She does not. So he proceeds to just make her life hell, literally just like killing people left and right and just stalking her and being crazy. So It's a very interesting movie. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't know if it's been well-received or not. I know it was in theaters. Um, I don't think it did very well, but then again, nothing has done well in theaters. But uh, definitely an interesting premise. Um, There's not much going on other than that. He's an angry dude who got mad while he was in his car and road raged and just starts killing people. So um, (laughs) (laughs) I guess, you know, it fits for like the Halloween time. You know, it's not really a horror movie, but it is a thriller. Um, I had a good time with it. I thought it was cool. I love Russell Crowe. I don't think he does enough films. He's a great actor. And like he pulls off, he pulls this off like insanely well, just being slightly crazy. Um, still like in control of himself, but like it's just absolutely out of his mind to like what he's willing to do just to mess with this lady. So um, if you're into thriller or horror type movies, I guess I'll lean more on thriller because um, there is no like jump scares or anything. But I would definitely recommend checking this out. I know you can stream it on just about every platform. I think it's like 15 bucks. Uh, and then the other thing I watched was the first episode of The Mandalorian, which I thought that's what you were going to say. But uh, you didn't. So Mandalorian, yeah. did you watch the first season? Yeah, yeah, I did watch okay. the first season. I really do enjoy The Mandalorian. I was actually, uh, I was just waiting to watch it with my father as well. Okay, yeah, so, so I don't want to give, I, yeah, but, I don't want to give any spoilers or anything like that, um, so I'll be super vague. You know, the first season was great. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's weird for me watching it because I'm such a big Star Wars fan, and I like, like, picking out all the references that they throw out, and then watching it with my wife who really, I mean, she likes the show, but let's be honest, she only cares about the child. So, like, obviously this season they're throwing some more, not scenes, but, like, they cut to the child quite a bit more than they did in the previous season. And it's because they know what they're doing. They know that's what people want to see. But this first episode was great, man. They start off on a a really high note, and I'm interested to see if they can keep that up or if it starts to dip off in the middle. I felt like last season the middle episodes were were good, but they kind of got a little less action you know as it went along and then when you got to the end it picked back up again um so i'm interested to see what they do with this um there is like a big i guess easter egg you could call it at the end of the episode which like blew my mind um but i don't want to say that here because you haven't watched it and i want to give everybody else time to watch it as well but so far like i think this is going to be even better than last season was so super happy with how it looks so far i just wish it was all available at once and I could just binge it. Yeah. that That's kind of the thing that like both Amazon and kind of Disney have been like doing is doing the weekly releases. So that way they get people to just to come back to yeah. their stream service instead of watching it in just one week because Amazon did the same thing with the boys. They did the same thing with the grand tour mm-hmm. where, you know, shows were released weekly, man. I missed the grand tour. Just to it was a yeah, great show. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I, I have a feeling I know what one of like the big hints are to what this season might do. Because I, I think I might have seen it on Twitter. And if that is what they're doing, I can't tell you how excited I am. <laughs> so 
um, you know, definitely for next week's podcast, we I will have watched episode one for sure, maybe even episode two. So we'll see. Yeah, we could definitely go into when we next podcast, we could do more of a spoiler at that point because we've I've given everybody like two weeks or whatever to actually watch it. So once it gets past like the two week mark, I don't feel bad for you anymore. All right, cool. All right, I'll remember that. So if I don't watch it in two weeks, I'll be Too I'll bad. expect yep. yeah, I'll expect you to spoil everything for me. So yep. good. Correct. <laughs> All right. Other than that, guys, uh, that's going to be the end of our podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. As per usual, make sure that you follow us on all of the social media stuff that we're on. It's definitely we're definitely getting to be more active on these things because the new consoles are coming out. Yep. And make sure you know Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram. It's all there. Our site should be up soon. Like I said, I am sorry that it's not up already. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It, it is a lot of work, and the site builder I'm using. Uh, every time I try to, th- every time I would think, "Oh, this should work," it doesn't work. So, <laughs> you know, in, in a lot of ways, you know, I, I was thinking about making the site, you know, this this thing where it kind of looked more or less along the lines of like IGN site, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like I can do that type of thing. This site wants me to kind of make it a blog site where I can post stuff too. And, and, and that's, is what a lot of IGN is, but you know, I wanted to have impressions separate reviews, separate videos, separate. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case. It looks like reviews and impressions and that kind of thing are just going to look like a more blog post type thing instead of maybe how you would see it on IGN or GameSpot or any other gaming site that you guys, even if we can get, you know, this to be an active thing, there's always the opportunity to have, you know, another, um, website down the line that looks more like an IGN or something along that. Um, exactly. But this is a good starting point. And then also keep an eye out on all our social media, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram for some like some live streams of, you know, potentially opening these consoles up and setting them up and that kind of stuff. Yep. You know, I, I know a lot of a lot of people are already doing that because there are other gaming outlets that uh, that have already gotten these systems, yep. but they're not us. You know, they they're are not, not us. They're not Barry and Craig. <laughs> just the way things are. That's true. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening once again, and we'll see you next time. See you later.